the congregation of the Cancel Me Baby community, please bring your hands together in prayer. Thank you. Yes. Because I believe the ghost of Nora Ephron and the lords of the rom-com heard our prayers. Because mm. guess what? Yes. Guess what? Amazon Prime is coming in hot, okay? Because they have a new rom-com. It's called I Want You Back. And you know what? It is, I actually laughed out loud. For the love of God, laughed out loud. <laughs> it is not preachy. And I am here today with one of the stars. Please be on your best behavior, people. And welcome, Clark Macko. <laughs> Hi, Clark. I'm so excited. Hi. Thank you for having me. And that was a great intro. Thank you it very much. Because you're right about this rom-com. You are very right. I laughed too. And I I'm actually it. laughed out loud because you know what it is. And listen, I'm going to get into the cold, hard truth here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like things like they try to be funny. And it's just not hitting lately in a lot of ways. And this, it was refreshing to laugh out loud. I, yeah. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, right? truly, especially with a rom-com. I don't know what happened in the last like decade, but they've just been missing like the, the classic feel of a good old rom-com. Like I haven't felt that in a while. And when I read the script, I was like, oh, is this like, is this going to be it? And I really do think it is. No, I'm like, not only did I chuckle, not only did I laugh, like really they have lost their way. And I think a lot of it, Clark, is because every, and I talk about this a lot on my show, everyone tried to fit a lot of things in and be preachy and all these things. And this gave me very much, first of all, the cast is awesome. I think I've met like every cast member um, and it gave me very much like Sarah Marshall vibes, right? Yeah. So, so this is. So let's dive in, okay, because I looked at the social comments on YouTube, on your IG, and people oh, are so, what's that? I said I haven't done that. I'm curious to know. Well, I'm going to tell you, people are really excited because they're like, oh my God, we just, again, for the love of God, we just need to escape. Like we've been yeah. through a lot, right? And I think, like I said, this is where rom-coms kind of lost their way. So a dialogue that's going on right now, Clark, that you've probably seen in the mainstream, again, is this idea of the line between rom-coms and movies being escapism versus mm -hmm. like signaling, virtue signaling and being preachy. So, oh, she's like, yep. So from your vantage point, how do you see it? With this specific film? Yes. And in the industry okay. in general, like are these conversations that go on behind the scenes? Well, I mean, I don't know about sets and stuff like that, but definitely amongst my group of friends, especially like other actors and directors that are like my close, you know, knit group. We talk about it a lot because there's like so much like with the pendulum swing of going from like completely wrong to now like overly PC. The conversations my friends and I have are about like as a woman of color feeling like you're coming into a space because now you're a person of color, as opposed to like just being cast because you're a, like a good, talented person. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that opportunities should be made, like spaces should be made for us to walk into it. But like, I think in the last many handfuls of years, it's, there's been just like an over trying to make it work, but like mm -hmm. the, where I see it go wrong is when you have like a group of white men deciding like, okay, this is how we're going to make diversity work. Uh, we will have a, uh, 
a best friend character and we will make her black or we will make her whatever ethnicity or like gender or whatever it is instead of just like getting people behind the scenes like in the writer's room or like getting a director or like creating the diversity behind the scenes so that it naturally feels that way on camera you know what I mean yeah and you know what's interesting is that I talk a lot on my show about, you know, like quotas, so to speak. And what you're saying, these studios, like the checklist of like this person, that person. And I always say, I mean, I agree. Like I want things based on merit and talent. And of course I want to see it at the, you know, at the table for everybody. But I also feel like as a woman, I never want anything handed to me just because I'm a woman. And what's interesting about what you're saying is because I talk about these themes on my show, funny enough, the people who are always like, yes, like stop forcing and stop this are people of color. Yeah. Like what you're saying. And I could good to show up on a set and know that you've been picked just because like I've been in that space before. I've literally been told I got a part because I was the right kind of black. I'm like, ah, that is so cringe. And that's so upsetting. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also just like, what does that even, what does that mean? You know? I'm a light-skinned black woman, so I'm more digestible to audiences. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm sure for you, it's also like, I'm sure just by looking at you, people put you in a box and probably are like, oh, well, she's a woman of color. So she probably like thinks that this is good or wants this or wants that, like almost like makes up your mind for you. Yeah, Totally. Yep. And I imagine that to be, it's like, who, who is all this for? Right. Like, yeah, I just want to tell stories at this point. Like, of course there's still a space for us to talk about our trauma as a culture. Mm-hmm. And like, we will always do that. We're constantly writing our history that got, you know, deleted. <laughs> um, but I, I really care right now to tell stories that are just about joy. And it doesn't matter what you look like, like just being able to be, and it has nothing to do with the color of my skin or the organs I was born with. You hit the nail on the head. And that's what I was going to ask you when you talk about rom-coms kind of losing their way up until this movie, like, thank God, what for you is like the sweet spot? Like, what is the rom-com sweet spot of like, they're not trying to force anything down my throat, but like, here's a little something, something, or is it just like a made in Manhattan moment where we literally don't have to think about anything? Like what for you is like perfect. Perfect for me is I think two, gosh, there's so, it's such a combination to create the magic, but if I had to narrow it down to like top couple things, I would say the balance of rom and com is very important. I think a lot of movies these days lean a little too far on the comedy side, but to mm-hmm. me, comedy works its best when it's grounded in heart and when it's grounded in vulnerability and like devastating heartbreak. And I mean, I want you back is truly about a breakup, which is like one of the most hurtful heartbreaks. But yeah, I think back in the day, like the scripts were so real and it's out of the real situations that you laugh, you know what I mean? But like these characters are actually going through really hard times and it's like the extremism that we take that to, that makes it funny. But the heart of it is actually quite sad. 
Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, there needs to be sadness for us to laugh. And I feel like that's like a very hard balance to strike that like Isaac and Elizabeth and Jason Orley, like as a team found. Um, and then the other thing would be the actors, like having people that understand that, that understand that comedy is a vulnerable place to come from. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, w- I would say those things. What is your favorite rom-com? And also is, again, this is like kind of bleak, but is there one in the last, like, I don't know, this is being generous, but like year or two that hit it for you or like what, like of all time, what's your favorite, <laughs> your face, like really trying to think. No, I know. That's why I'm thankful really for this movie. One. Yeah. What's I that? One, I can't think of one in the last year or two, mm-hmm. but also it's been two years of a pandemic. I have no memory of anything. I know nothing. Remember what day it is. Right. Um, right. That's right. why last, we need this. I think like the most recent, which is still not recent is think like a man one okay. and two and crazy stupid love. Like, those oh, that's a classic. Yeah. yeah. So what you talked about before about funny enough, how you talk about the irony of like, white men being in a room and making the decisions. I actually talked about this funny enough of all places in a segment on Fox news. Cause I talked about that's the irony, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. you know, so is there a actual change going on that you're seeing behind the scenes in terms of that? Like, do you feel like a thing where it's genuine or is it a quota? And this is why I ask because Clark, I, my last interview I had was with Joe Francis who created girls gone wild And in the interview, okay, he talks about how this is like a little bit off, but he talks about like with this pendulum with me too and all this, how men are like afraid to be around women because they don't want to, that's such bullshit, how they don't want to, you know, be because that one accusation, then their lives. So he literally says to make a long story short in the interview, he's like, if you look at these studios, it's all men, it's having the opposite effect because they don't want to risk it because now it's so extreme. So what are you seeing? I mean, is it's there merit just, to that? Just to respond to that, because this topic drives me absolutely nuts. Go Clark, go. I'm just like men. And I speak to so many men who say, well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just wouldn't want to say anything wrong. It's like, is it so hard to not say something offensive And like, that would harass a woman. Like, why is it so hard for you that you now feel like you can't say anything at all because you'd be afraid to say something wrong? I'm like, what were you saying before? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't translate to me. Like, why are you so afraid? What are the thoughts that you're thinking that you're so afraid are going to come out wrong? Like, just be a decent human being. So you'll, so I said this to him. I was like, well, couldn't someone in theory say just be a stand-up guy, right? Don't be a creep. Like, don't do anything that's wrong. How hard is that? And his response, and I do feel like that there is merit in this, and I've talked about this as well on my show, is that, again, because of the pendulum swing, all it takes is one accusation may or may not be true, and someone's life, career, reputation could be ruined. So I just don't believe that completely. I understand where you're saying there should be merit, but I just don't believe that if somebody actually is a stand-up guy and there was one accusation and they went about it the right way that their career would be ruined. I just don't, I actually don't believe it. And there's examples of times where people have been accused and then we find out maybe it's not as like black and white as we thought and their career wasn't ruined. It might be hurt, 
but I believe that a few careers getting bruised along the way of something that's this important is good. And it's worth the conversation. And like, Mm -hmm. I do understand that a lot of these like straight cis white men are afraid. It is probably a scary time for them, but like also like you've had a good run. Um, I'm just kind of like, I think all of these like gray area situations where, yeah, like where a career might get bruised is a good opportunity for conversation about the gray area because the black and white is simple. Somebody does something very wrong that we can all say that was wrong. Mm -hmm. Canceled or whatever. That's Mm -hmm. easy, but there's so much in between there that leads to us talking about like how are men raised in society versus how women are raised in society. Mm -hmm. And it's just so complicated, but without us allowing, like we have to be okay with mistakes happening along the way. You know, you raise a good point too about say there's one accusation and this is a good guy. And that's another gray area, right? Of like just someone being a good person and also someone like changing over time. And that's something too, yeah. that like, we can't seem to grasp, like if someone's changed versus someone's true character. People have and, to be allowed to change too, though. That's a hard yeah. part. Like that's where cancel culture kind of also, there's just right. a lot going on. There's a lot of sensitivity in the world right now, which I think is a really beautiful thing. But mm-hmm. once again, it's going to lead to a bumpy road, but it's a bump. It's like, you know, we're like ironing sheets and there's a lot of creases and we're just learning how to iron yeah. it. We haven't gotten to the end of the shirt yet. We probably with, never will, but alas. <laughs> well, with that said, Clark, cause you talk about like, you really are on your come up and you talk about like the virtue signaling and all this and why obviously escape escapism like this is so important. So yeah. how do you see, cause again, this is a dialogue in the mainstream. I think Ricky Gervais recently talked about this, like how people are losing its luster with celebrities, virtue signaling when like on the base of it, they have it all. So how do you see it? Like as someone who like is, is on the come up and can kind of like see it, but from both sides, from your vantage point, how do you see all of this playing out and where it is now? Gosh, I wish I had an answer. For I know that's a little I, loaded, but and it sounds, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. but you know what? It's because like, it seems silly like rom-coms, but this is why I think rom-coms are so important and why the feedback on YouTube and all these things are like, thank God, because we need that escape. Right. So what's too much? Could you see how people are like, please celebrities don't preach to us. Don't virtue signal in your movies. Don't virtue signal in a rom-com, which I don't think you guys do in this movie, but could you see that like from both angles, like being in Hollywood and also like from the outside. That's a hard one. Cause I really, you're right. Like I do see both sides and I think there is a space for it. And like, you know, filmmaking is where we do try to reflect society, but also challenge Mm -hmm. society. But there's Mm -hmm. just a fine line between those two things. Um, and like not coming for the show because I, I love sex in the city, but just like that. And just like that, I forgot the end. Um, Like I've only seen the first two episodes, but I feel like that was an example of a show that like really tried to take on like every problem that's ever existed because they never (laughs) dealt with anything in any of their seasons. And again, this is one of my favorite shows. I've watched the first movie like a hundred times, but I was like, wow, you guys are really trying to do the most. And like, I guess like, cool, you guys are like trying your, but it like felt forced (laughs) to me. Mm-hmm. but I also respect it. And again, even though I see both sides, I'm not, I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable right now. And I think I just wish more people 
not, I'm not saying I'm friggin' perfect, but I do wish as a society, we could get a little comfortable being uncomfortable because once again, it's a bumpy road and we're going to see both things. Like I want you back is great, but not every movie is going to be, I want you back. And is going to seamlessly like get the thing right because we don't even fully know what the thing is. That's, I talked about the sex in the city. Oddly enough, I talked about how like the original series, like really kind of like not giving a shit and like, that's what allowed it to break boundaries because it was provocative. And oddly enough, now with it trying to like fit, like do the most and hit everything. It's like, that's what I, I think people I'm like, are people in Hollywood not making this connection? Like, how is that trying to be in this box like everyone else in the PC thing isn't actually helping us get for, you know, move forward? Or, yeah, you know, but I usually feel like the people who do it in like kind of a cringe way, like the new <laughs> episodes, you just have to look at like who's who's writing it. I feel like it usually comes down to like, who's actually in your writers room trying to tackle these ideas? Like, have you talked to anybody or you just, are you like a white person writing what you think the black experience would be like, you know what I mean? Like, I I actually don't know. I have no, I have not looked at who there could be diversity in the writer's room. I have no clue. I'm just using it as an example. Could be a terrible example, but I'm just saying, I didn't know we'd talk about this, but that's usually where I look at it. And I mean, with, I want you back. It is to white writers. So I'm not saying white people or anybody who hasn't like experienced a certain thing, can't write it. But the thing that I really respect about, I want you back and projects like it is they're not white people trying to write other people's experiences. They're white people that just wrote characters that could be anybody. And that's what feels good about it. So, you know, what's funny is when I got the press release and I got, and even before this interview, I was like, let me see who is behind the scenes, who directed it, who wrote it? Because sadly our mind goes to that quota. And it's like, I, I, for that very thing, I was like, I'm just curious to see. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it goes to your point that it's like, and it's also like, listen, we both are in this business. We've been behind the scenes, you know, it, it, it is hard to get things made. We know this. Mm-hmm. It is so, it is a, it is a never ending like purgatory grind. We know this. So sometimes when things get made, especially now it's like, who's who, this has to get vetted through a lot of people. Like who is letting this happen? Like to yeah. your point about before, you That's know, why some things are so questionable. You're like, this thing got made. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right. That's interesting choice for you guys, but you know, we will see. So, all right, we have 10 minutes left, Clark. This has been really so interesting so far um, and fun. Now we're going to get into some fun social themes of this movie before we get into, you know, who's naked Heine, um, which I am here for. You know, this movie talks about, I love the line Jenny Slate says, she says 29 is the new 16, right? And it's these people in their thirties they are trying to find their way. And these are themes I talk a lot about on my show. Like I'm 30. I don't know how old you are. Like I'm single. 28. You're 28. 28. Oh, you look so wise and beyond your years and mature. Oh, thank you. Um, I thought you were older than I was in a good way. <laughs> You're very put together. Um, so Okay. So now these are themes. Again, I talk about socially, right. You know, our generation, I mean, 
maybe I'm generalizing, but like, we're not <laughs> having sex. We're not getting married. We're not having babies. These are all things that you guys talk about in this movie. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like what hit home for you and what is it about people in their thirties? Like, are we losing our way? Like, how come our grandparents had 17 kids by now? Do you know what I mean? Do we want 17 kids by now? I think we're just finding a new way. I think that's really mm-hmm. all it is. I don't think we're losing our way at all. I think it's just another part of life where it's a bumpy road and we're ironing it out. And I just think we are trying to learn just like every generation learns kind of what not to do and what to do from the people before us. And I think we're just in a very open, very open-minded space and there's so much freedom in choosing anything and everything in our lives at this point, what kind of relationships we want, just like in every aspect that it's even jobs. Like I remember being in elementary school and starting to talk about the types of jobs you could do. And like, there was like three and then you like get to university and you're like, there's like hundreds of thousands of different jobs on this earth. How do I ever pick? Mm -hmm. The world is just getting so much more complicated every day. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that's hard. Like technology advances every day, like in every aspect, things are just moving so quickly and we're just figuring out what that means for us and what that looks like and how that feels. I think we're also like this, the starting of the first generation to allow themselves to feel so much and express so much and there be freedom in feeling and expression. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's all very cool. And again, it's going to be messy, but like, I'm so, so grateful to be a part of this time right now, even though it's scary more often than not. I know I'm such a die hard free expression gal. I mean, hence my show, but sometimes (laughs) I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Okay. Do we need to reel it back though? Just a little bit, because I can't even go like Twitter gives me anxiety. It is so toxic. I'm like, is everybody feeling a little too yeah, much? But you can't figure out <laughs> boundaries until you push it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that. Now, something I love again about, especially your, so your love interest is Scott Eastwood mm-hmm. and this is what I'm talking about and about not being like too shoving in people's faces, but subtle. So Basically, I'm not going to give it away, but his character is like ready to move things forward in your relationship quicker than your character is. And this isn't so much as a question as an observation, but I just found it refreshing because number one, it's like men can't live without us. Let's just call it for what it is like. They need us. (laughs) You guys, you guys need us. But I thought it was refreshing because. I feel like old school rom-coms, they'll paint the girl as like the desperate, like needs a guy so bad. And something like that, I just thought again, was subtle and fresh with the roles kind of reversed, you know? That's what I loved about uh, my character, Ginny. She's just like in her own lane doing Uh her own thing. She's like not even part of the drama. She's just truly doing her own thing. She owns a business. She's chilling. And then, well, whatever, I'm not going to spoil, but like, she's just like, oh, Sure. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say too much more than that, but I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Wink, wink. You guys will all know once you watch it. Okay. So you're going to have to do that, get on the train and especially for this next one. So 
<clears throat> we see someone's um, bare butt, which again is, I love an R-rated rom-com, by the way, like here for yep. it all day, which is, yes. And that is also flipping on its head, right? Seeing the guy parts. So how did this person deal with that? You're in that scene. How did that all go down? How would you imagine their very famous dad would react to that glory? Um, uh, I wonder more what his mother would think because I feel like that's who I think of when I have those moments is like what is my mom gonna think although my mom would probably just laugh um you have a cool mom (laughs) you know what I really do shout out to my mom yes Um, gosh I don't even know my reaction you know you I try really hard to just play it cool on set which like I'm not always very good at but I I just pretend like I don't see anything. Like I don't even have a good story. Cause I'm just kind of like looking to the ceiling, looking anywhere else. Like you're at the and dentist like, like... In the corner of my eye. I'm like, right. you know, just, That's just so funny. I kind of catch peaks, but I don't let anyone know I'm peeking. Oh, hardly got some full frontal though. But isn't that like real life? I mean, when you see a guy in sweatpants, I don't know if oh, you're yeah. straight, oh. but that's a moment where you're like yeah. looking and trying not to, but you're also yeah. like laser focused. Yes. Well, the, I, if it's out on the street, like on set, I try to be more modest. Like, I don't know True. if it does, but on the street, I was walking by in sweatpants and no boxers. I'm like, no, just follow that whole package, you know? <laughs> no, exactly. It's like made by day. I see it, I'm like, what's going on? There? No. No, we, especially if the sweatpants are gray, it's like, I just know your whole life story. Oh shoot. I have to wrap. Okay. Also, did you guys have an intimacy coordinator? We did. Yeah. That's like a thing now. That's That's good. That's what I wanted to ask. I just got the message to wrap. Okay. So you did really quickly and that was good. Yes. 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 It was all good. The intimacy coordinators are always so like caring and thought they're like, just having like an auntie on set, just somebody there that has your back and lets you know, like, I'm here if you need anything and just let me know, like just someone that's there for you. It's really nice. I appreciate it. Awesome. Clark, I have to let you go. I could talk to you all day. You'll come back on and we'll get into the nitty gritty. And do you see the pendulum getting to a little bit of a happy medium shifting the other way? Yes, but I will say that I think we, the answer to that falls in the hands of the white men. Um, So once they want it to swing to the middle, it'll swing to the middle. We can't, us people of diversity can't be the ones to solve everything. They have a lot of work to do more, way more than us. So yeah. Okay. Clark, thank you, my love. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.